0: today's show is brought to you by audible audible is offering our listeners a free audiobook with a 30-day trial membership if you've never been an audible customer and want to see what they offer just go to www.audibletrial.com/ excelsior Journeys and browse the unmatched selection of audio programs download a title for free and start listening it's that easy Why audible? Audible content includes an unmatched selection of audiobooks, original audio shows, news, comedy, and more from the leading audiobook publishers, broadcasters, and entertainers. And with this free 30-day trial, you'll have your pick of it all. You can hear books of all genres narrated by Jim Dale, Stephen Fry, Will Patton, Alex Hyde-White, Jeff Brick, Neil Shaw, William Demerit, and even a few by me, George Soroy. So go to www.audibletrial.com slash Excelsior Journeys and start your own 30-day journey with Audible today. Hey, this is John Lee Dumas of the award-winning podcast, Entrepreneurs on Fire. And you're listening to the Excelsior Journeys with George Soroy. Prepare to ignite. Is there a burning desire within to share your creativity with the rest of the world? Do you insist on pursuing your passion by any means necessary? Then you are on an Excelsior journey and you are not alone. Welcome back to Excelsior Journeys. My name is George Zeroy. Thank you so much for being here. And thank you so much for listening to the previous episodes. It's been terrific being back on the air for this second season. And I really hope that you've all been enjoying not only these episodes for this season, but also the episodes that started it all. You can definitely go back and, and listen to any any episode in the series that you want. The show is available not only uh, on the Homebase channel, which is Podbean, but you can also find it on Apple, Google, Spotify, Stitcher, and TuneIn. So a lot of different options for you to explore, to listen to as many really Terrific and inspiring stories as you want, and also to hopefully leave a rating and review, especially on Apple. That uh, that kind of feedback is very much appreciated. Now, I met my my guest for this week a few years ago. Uh, we were we were both attendees for the St. Louis Writers Guild convention, uh, known at the time as Gateway Con, and it was a literally a gateway to publishing. And my guest. Uh, was one of the agents that was that was brought in, and I was able to take a few moments to basically just pitch her my story from parts unknown, and she was intrigued by it to to the point where she was actually asking to take a look at the at least the first few chapters. And however, taking a look back at uh, at the potential for this book, I wasn't really sure. How to properly handle it, I just had this feeling that maybe I better hold on to this one. So um, I respectfully, you know, um, withdrew my, my pitch for that. But it turns out that I was destined to be a part of Metamorphosis Literary Agency. And now I, I am being represented by two different agents under that umbrella, uh, Amy Brewer and Patty Carruthers. And they've been just an absolute gem to me and a big reason why is because they're they're working under the tutelage of my guest uh she is not only an a, a literary agent for metamorphosis but she is also the founder of the metamorphosis literary agency and it's a thrill to have her here so if i may if i may just uh introduce to you stephanie hansen stephanie how are you
1: good george thank you for that introduction and um uh... I do truly have to say that the team at Metamorphosis is amazing, and we wouldn't be where we are without—I mean, people like Amy and Patty—they're just brilliant. So, um, thank you very much for that introduction, and I am glad that you know we connected, maybe not the most traditional way, but I'm glad it worked out. And I, you know, I see great things in your future and in the future of
0: Metamorphosis. Oh, thank you so much, and it really is just an honor to be represented by metamorphosis it, it was i'm not really sure if if uh, you knew the whole story of how uh amy and patty wound up uh wound up basically recruiting me into metamorphosis but uh we were uh, we basically just kind of sat down over at uh, pencon a couple of years ago and i got to talk about not the works that i have that are pitch ready because at that point i didn't have anything But what I did have were several different uh, projects that I have kind of on the back burner that I really wanted to revisit, and it turns out that you know that uh, I really wanted to get involved with an agency for those. I felt like I felt like they definitely needed uh, representation and some assistance with getting me into that correct kind of direction that I want that particular series to go in. So they were thrilled to take me on as their client, as, as their agent, as my agents. And I am just very honored to be given that opportunity. Um, so in addition to being the head of Metamorphosis, you're also an author yourself. So tell us a little bit about the projects that you have right now that are coming out.
1: Yeah, for sure. I have had a lot of fun. My debut novella series, Altered Helix, is releasing 2020. The first two books have released, and the third and final book will release next month. Um, and then my debut novel, "Replace Parts," that releases twenty twenty one with Fire and Ice YA, and Tantor is handling the audio.
0: That's great. That's fantastic. So, so with that in mind, you have the you have the uh, experience as an agent. You have now the experience as an author, which is really great to see. It's 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 always good to see uh, the agents really getting into, really getting into the experience of being an author. There are too many of them that basically just too many people that are out there that just feel like it's, it's so, it's not, you know, like no big deal to really be an author. So it's great that, that, uh, that you're there to basically just kind of prove them wrong. So yeah. let's, uh, let's, st- so with that in mind, let's go all the way back to the beginning what I call the lightning bolt moment. What was it about this industry, about books, about the literary industry as a whole, that made you point to it and say, that's what I wanna do, that's what I wanna get involved in? What was that moment for you?
1: So it truly was a lightning bolt kind of moment for me. While I've loved reading my entire life, um, about 10 years ago, I almost died of a very rare um, disease. And I was in ICU and um, then in the hospital for a few weeks learning to walk again. It's why I'm unilaterally deaf now. And um, as I was learning to walk again, I read again. And my doctor and I actually read the same book. And it was the universal just love for books that reignited at that point in my life. Um, Being based in the Midwest, Prior to that, I had kind of given up on the idea of being in the publishing industry and being successful and making enough money for my family and everything like that. So I kind of veered, I had taken a completely different path, but that moment really woke me up to, well, just the fact that I almost died. It really woke me up to, I need to grab onto my dreams and I can't let fear stand in my way. And, you know, my husband was very supportive of that, too, Um, because there's a lot, a lot to take in. And it is kind of like jumping, you know, jumping into the deep end. But I knew at that moment in 2010 that this is where I was meant to be.
0: Fabulous. Fabulous. So what was that other what was that other industry that you were involved in that made you want to just say, like, I need to walk away from this?
1: It was business. Um, I mean, anything really that I could be successful in in the Midwest. I wanted to. I'll be honest. I wanted to make enough money to provide for my family and try to make, ensure that my kids' dreams could come true. And so it was the hustle, man. That's
0: all yeah, hustle yeah. For that. But you know, but it's but it's great that that was the industry that you were involved. in. It's almost like you were you were basically just kind of veered into this other course. So that way you can basically build up the experience of being in the business world, because that's basically what you are, you know, like with, uh, as, as an agent, you know, you are basically like sending works out to to the publishers. So I'm, did that, has that come in handy for you?
1: I mean, yeah, especially at Metamorphosis, I kind of wear all the hats. So accounting, uh, legal contracts, speaking to publishers, I had all of that experience in the business world. Now the contracts might've been for different industries. They might've been in IT or whatever, but I had tons. uh, Actually at that point, I had about a decade of experience in the business world and speaking with executives and business owners. And so that gave me Oh I feel that sometimes authors don't feel confident in themselves when it comes to the business side. Oh, oh
0: yeah. <laughs> I I can I can, defi- I can definitely vouch for that. Yes. Yes. Yeah.
1: We're I'm really good we're
0: really good at creating our stories, we are terrible at selling them. So, yeah.
1: It's <laughs> fun when you get into it. Some authors can really kind of Put that creativity together, the book writing, and then marketing. Some it's a little bit. There's a little more work involved, but um, it definitely has made this life a bit easier for me, and I felt well equipped on the business end.
0: Excellent, excellent. So what? So uh, were you involved in any sort of in any other agency before you decided that you were going to branch out on on your own, or did you just start with both jump in with both feet? with starting your own
1: so um this this might be a little bit long-winded but i'm gonna do a complete double back and then i'll get into this please do Um, (laughs) please do yeah
0: you have carte blanche you know this is this is you are my guest here by all means this is the story that you know this is your story so let's hear it thank you um
1: not only did i almost die about 10 years ago um from a very rare disease but about 10, 11 years before that, when I was 17, I had to have radiation treatment. So. Oh wow. My luck! I don't know. I was like, oh, it's been another 10 years. What's coming up? And then COVID hit the world, and I was like, okay, I was just kidding. Oh, Please, I'll just stay inside. <laughs> don't touch me. <laughs> um, But so at 17, before the radiation, I was actually lined up to join the Air Force Academy. I had letters of recommendation, and um, my grades were where they needed to be, and I was training physically. I still had to work on the pull-ups, because that's always been, I don't know, I'm just not good at that.
0: I have the shoulders of a (laughs) rattlesnake. I totally sympathize, so yeah.
1: Yeah, Uh, but with the radiation, the Air Force Academy kind of said, nope, we're not interested. So I, my life has completely derailed and changed direction multiple times. Um, And I've learned that I'm a person, I'm good about just getting up and dusting the brush off or the brushing the dust off, (laughs) if I could talk. Um, And, you know, so that was my original route and intent was I was going to be a fighter pilot, which I have completely now i write about fighter pilots <laughs> mm-hmm. <Yep. laughs> um which i love uh, i love the research in writing and in representing different authors and books it's it's what i live for but um so that was a little bit of a derailment getting back into this industry getting back into writing and adventure and things of that nature so i also worked for a literary magazine as an editor um and i gained quite a bit of experience through that um, I shadowed and consulted with uh, a literary agent out of L.A., Michelle mm-hmm. Wallerstein. She is now um, retired, but she's absolutely amazing. So she also knew the book industry and the film industry, which was oh, something nice. I wanted to know. Yeah. yeah, she handled. Very nice. She was on *Booty Call* and *Braveheart*. Like she, no <laughs> kidding. <laughs> so she agented with those, and she—I mean, just. Down to Earth woman, the best um, advice I could have received prior to going into this, and so that was really what gave me the confidence and knowledge that I needed for metamorphosis.
0: Mm-hmm. Wow, very cool. very cool. So, so with that, you know, like you started you got you were able to get the experience. Uh, you had the experience through the business world, which definitely um, I, I believe it definitely kind of helped as well. And it also really kind of pointed you in the direction of what you really wanted to do. So, so with that in mind, you have this sort of experience working in the, in the literary magazine, shadowing the, uh, shadowing the agent. And then what was it that that sparked the need to say, I'm ready to do this. I'm ready to do this on my own.
1: Um. So I had, attended multiple writers conferences in new york and nebraska and missouri and kansas just across the country and after doing that a few times i was actually connecting authors with publishers and editors so i was acting as agent prior to becoming agents um, nice. for nice. free <laughs> yeah. and, but it was just like all writers i highly suggest attending writers conferences i made so many awesome connections. Your connection I made from a writer's conference. Um, Which is very much appreciated. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, In New York, I made tons of connections with the major houses and and kept those connections. Some of them have stayed, but I mean, if you pay attention to the editors like uh, job length life with a publishing house, a lot of them aren't there the longest. So Mm-hmm. uh i still have i still have maintained some of the uh most of those connections but some of them are agents now some of them do editorial freelance work um oh she one's in la now doing more film and she's kind of stepped away from the book industry but so i you know i love making friends at writers conferences it seems like the best people are there so that has helped me in this entire process
0: that is uh those writers conferences i mean I definitely need to stress this to anyone who is an aspiring author. I don't even like I don't even like using that term aspiring author. If you're putting words down on the paper, guess what? You are an author. So embrace it and you know, don't shy away from it. So what I would say, what I would suggest to any up and coming authors, I'll I'll use that instead. Definitely make a point to go to some writers conferences because not only not only can we never stop learning, but we can also never never start networking soon enough, so by all means, you know go to these conferences, meet other authors, learn from the classes, and definitely meet the agents and make sure to uh, make sure to make sure to sit down with them and and just you know make sure that that you're able to uh, make sure that you're professional when you are pitching to them that 's what i 'm trying to say so um so, so metamorphosis starts up. What was it that, uh, how did it feel like getting that first client under the metamorphosis logo? Uh,
1: That was pretty nerve wracking because, you know, then the pressure was on. I was no longer doing anything for fun. You know, it, it was, I mean, it was still fun, but uh, mm-hmm. it was definitely full of pressure and excitement. Um, and that, you know, it's, it's been an amazing path and, just trying to remember back then is almost difficult because of how much change and how much, how much success, how much we've grown since
0: then. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very true. So once, so were the, uh, the other agents that came aboard, were they already agents at the time or were they looking to become agents that they were able to learn from you? How did you set that up?
1: So, so far, everyone has been an intern before becoming an agent. And I really have liked that because then I get to learn their process and they kind of get to learn our process beforehand. um, And I can feel confident. I guess I judge based off of work ethic. Mm -hmm. And so when I see awesome work ethic out of somebody, then that just, you know, kind of proves a point to me. Um, And so everyone, I also have agents that come with Different backgrounds than maybe the traditional agent background. Um, but that's allowed us to, I think, establish a more diverse list, um, which has been absolutely amazing and um, timely. And the industry, uh, in the industry, uh, publishers refer to the agency as the nice agency, that we're all the nice <laughs> agents. I don't know if it's okay. the Midwest <laughs> or what. <Yeah. laughs> So, um, after enough years communicating with editors and everyone kind of talking to one another and having lunch and coffee with editors in New York City, um, the word has gotten around that we're nice. <laughs> there the you nice
0: go. <laughs> That's, always That's always a good thing. That's always a good thing. That's always a good reputation to have, you know, yes. being a being yes. nice one, since yes. that means that so many other people want to work with you. So,
2: correct.
0: Uh, so, with. um. So you've started that, you know, like what was what was it like when you were feeling the agency itself really growing? You know, the uh, the fact that you that your the other agents were starting to get clients. How did it feel when it was just like we can actually make something of this? We can actually make a run with this.
1: That was um, it was amazing, and it's been just absolutely wonderful to see. The other agents be so successful um because just like authors you know we come from this place kind of of self-doubt um and agents do that too there's something with the publishing industry where agents will go like have dry spells two three months Mm -hmm. it's a dry spell and then all of a sudden we have three to five offers just trickle in all at once it seems uh which is exciting, but negotiating three to five different contracts at the same time, not so much. Exciting. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Looking at that much legal verbiage can kind of, you know, you, it, it's a little overwhelming at times, but, um, I, I definitely have, have enjoyed seeing agents be successful because we believe in all of our authors. We want them to be successful and, We're successful when they're successful, so
0: it's
1: just a party all around.
0: (laughs) Excellent, excellent. It's always good. So, did um, did it get to a point where you know where the different agents started to kind of like grab their niche in terms of like the main things that they're looking for? Because I understand that uh, there you know different agents that are always looking for different things that really connect with them. What was it like, kind of kind of getting that whole spectrum really under control?
1: Uh, it's, I think everyone's experience has been a little different. Like I, for one, at one point said I'd never be successful with picture books. And then it, it was, somebody heard me say that because then I received the largest, like the biggest offers for all of my picture books. Right. Um, yeah. So, and I've actually had quite a bit of success with that. And sometimes, um, cause we do have a couple agents that kind of genre hop. They like to really represent the whole spectrum, um, and sometimes that works in their favor, sometimes it doesn't, because if you want to shop multiple authors at the same time, you're not reaching out to the, they're not competing with each other if you have different genres.
2: Right, right. Um,
1: but it does seem to kind of happen where agents find a genre that just, they're not, during a certain time period, it's on fire for them. and. Really? Sometimes you can see it coming. Sometimes you can't. I tell everyone as an agent, I wish I had a like crystal ball where I could see the future. <laughs> you know. Oh yeah. It, it would make my life much easier. I'd know what manuscript to pick up and exactly who to send it to.
0: <laughs> Absolutely, it's like the whole William Goldman uh, uh, quote that he that he was most famous for. Nobody knows anything. So exactly. if we all if we all knew what was going going to hit. Then that's all that everyone would do. So yeah. It's, uh, it's, it's really something to, to see that. What has been a, a good do's and don'ts kind of breakdown for, for other authors that want to get involved with agents? What should they do? What shouldn't they do?
1: Okay. Well, what you should do is kind of like we try to think of the author's perspective, which is easy for me to do as an author. I know how it can feel on that other side and how, you know, I mean, there aren't moments where you feel in control. Uh, query and rejections, that's just no fun. Um, but what, as an author, what you can do for your agent is try putting yourself in their shoes. What do they need to get publishers interested in you? What do they need mm. to set you apart from everyone else in the crowd? What's going to set you above? Right. Presenting those things to an agent, it makes our job easier. And then you we're kind of on the same page. Um, So that's like kind of a a direction that authors can take. Um, I think just what I would avoid for authors, one good piece of advice is, especially if you feel emotional about something, just setting it aside. An agent Mm. would rather wait a little bit than have an author send a heated message, you know? Uh, Oh yeah. And I mean, that's probably good practice in any, any industry, but I feel like, uh, the publishing industry is so competitive that it can make you feel not just kind of desperate in certain situations. Um, and it's, it's, it, it, you can be the most talented writer, author there is out there. You still will have moments that make you feel desperate. Uh, Mm. I'm sure you can ask, I mean, any of the major authors out there have been there before. And so because of that, um, I think authors can sometimes react and maybe not with with not the best emotion uh, or maybe too much emotion yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> and so I would just advise yeah I would just advise to really you know if it, it's like what I tell my not uh, I shouldn't do that but I think a lot of people on social media post things that they would never say to someone's face and same with business messages if you wouldn't feel comfortable saying it to my face you probably shouldn't send it via email to me yeah,
0: so. yeah. <laughs> uh, that's something that's something I, I live by uh, like I am I'm not a fan of being of you know keyboard commandos and I just I, I, I always make sure you know like is this something that I would feel comfortable saying in front of someone
1: yeah and I mean definitely You should stand up for yourself and everything like that. That is not what I'm trying to say, but it's just, there's, there are ways that things can be said and then ways not to say things. Um, and often if I'm, I'm a solutions person, so I know there's Mm -hmm. problems out there, but I'd rather discuss the possible solutions than honing in on what's not working. I'd like to just focus on what can be done to make the situation better. So that's another. Yeah. Uh, now, do you want to talk about queries specifically or just um, authors in business?
0: We were talking before about, about um, author conferences and how valuable they are. And you have that pitch time. You know, like They're usually like about, about two to three hours or so. And it's broken up into, if I'm not mistaken, like 15-minute increments. Is that about right? It
1: depends on every uh every conference but yes
0: about 15 minute increments okay so you you have your you're able to sit down you know what um you know what you're interested in what and then it's time for everyone to just kind of hang out over in the at the hotel bar and have you have you experienced any like agents or anything or um, other authors approaching you during that time or have they been well-behaved and are staying away?
1: Uh, I mean, yes and no. I've, I've had people kind of cross the line. Um, but as long as you're polite, then, you know, I just say, Hey, I'm taking a little break. Um, I need to rest my, you know, vocal cords or whatever. Um, and usually people are fairly, uh, receptive to that and polite and that's good, you know? Um, Mm -hmm. Because I mean it's always good to pick up just conversation and say hello or whatever um right. so I don't mind people co- coming up to me but if I say hey you know I just I mean now everyone can just hide behind their cell phones so if you just put a cell phone in front of your face and, <laughs> and people don't talk <laughs> to you <know>? right <laughs> but there
0: you go. Um, it's a good way to do it yeah yeah
1: it's- I I'd say for the pitches themselves uh um, For me, I personally like to have more of a conversation instead of, I mean, I know you need to get your whole pitch in, which is good, but I like to kind of, I think if you're able to talk about what excites you in your book, the cool pieces, uh, and hold a conversation, a relaxed conversation about it, I prefer a pitch go that way than a rehearsed speech. Because Mm -hmm. after hearing 20, I think last Saturday I heard 25, but after hearing 20 in a row, if it's rehearsed, wow. you know, it, it, it's difficult for me to uh, kind of keep
0: interest. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. To yeah. be
1: fully engaged.
0: Yeah. So that's definitely something for, uh, for authors to be mindful of. Don't just mm-hmm. memorize your query letter, you know, just talk a little bit about what the story is that you have. And what it you believe will be like a key factor in getting it getting it read. So, um, so you have so you have the experience as an agent, and you've built up you know a great team of agents. Um, especially you know, all love to Amy and Patty for reaching out to me, and you know, we'll always be grateful uh, to them for that. So, what was it that made you want to get into writing yourself?
1: Uh, I couldn't silence the stories. Um, mm-hmm. It's almost, it's just that I, no matter what happens, I will always be writing. Mm-hmm. You know, I think even into retirement and everything, I will still write. It's what I love to do. Um, I don't, it, it is my art. Um, I'm dabbling with animation now, but I don't know. Oh. We'll see. <laughs>
0: Interesting. Yeah. So like, so-, so like writing an animated piece or, um, or, or the art, or the artwork of it?
1: Uh, the artwork of it, but also putting together an entire piece. I'm, I'm working on, um, a degree on the side, because I'm not
0: busy enough. Oh, awesome. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Yeah, That's, that's nothing wrong with having a lot of plates, you know, spinning at the same time. I, I, I definitely understand that, so. I work best
1: that way it's not for everybody, but it's the way i function so yeah yeah
0: i mean well you're you're talking to someone who's you know like an author an audiobook narrator and decided to get back into into the podcasting world so yeah I get it yeah. and this is with and this is with a full time job that's outside of publishing so ah yeah, so you have the uh so so the stories that were that were building up were these stories that kind of started during childhood or were they were they just kind of like um, some stories that just kind of popped up in your head in recent years?
1: So, uh, well, what's what released in 2020, Altered Helix and Replaced Parts, they've actually been ready for years. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I've been revising and working on things. Uh, and I had a, no- a couple novels before them that I don't think will ever see the light of day. And that's just fine it was a wonderful learning process and i enjoyed mm-hmm. it um altered helix actually comes from some of my personal experience um as a late teen early 20s uh early like young adults working at a haunted house to get extra money <laughs>
2: interesting um, interesting
1: yeah i love uh yeah it's it's so much fun scaring people <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: um, so And altered- you and you're kinda of dealing you're kind of dealing with that sort of fear, like when an author like walks in to sit down with you, just like, you know, they're they're just as freaked out as well. So you yeah. kind of have a little bit of that, you know, that residual feeling.
1: <laughs> yes. Um and so altered helix starts from there, but then it definitely goes into more of a fantasy type story. Um, a little bit of mystery too, and it's it was just a blast writing. That one I really kind of wrote before I went through, um, I mean, I had some courses, coursework before I wrote it, but it wasn't the in-depth, you know, I went through workshops and things like that. I wrote it before that. So it was it's definitely more organic to my very nature of writing. Cause I feel like my voice is a little bit odd and different than others and not everyone's going to like it, but that's okay. It's mine. <laughs> so, right. There you go. Uh, and then that's, replace that's, that's all that's
0: missing. That's all that's missing. That's out there. You know, like everyone keeps saying that no, all these different stories have been, have been told. It's all about your story. You're the one. It's, it's your story that's missing. So yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, Replace parts actually came from a workshop where what I had pitched was totally shut down. <laughs> I was pretty much really? told that it was just absolute trash. I needed to get oh, rid geez. of it. Oh, man. <laughs> so, Don't
0: sugarcoat it, Sundance. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. So I did not sleep that night, and that's where the story. Blooms, that's where it was born, and now it has morphed into an entire monster of beast. But um I love it. It's weird, it's out there, it's YA sci-fi. Um always and,
2: good.
1: Yeah. Always it's, good. It's my imagination unleashed. So I I had a lot of fun. Um and Amy represents it. She she No kidding. It. Oh, that's great.
0: That is yeah. great. Yep.
1: Yeah. So um, it it was a lot of fun and it definitely dove into my, because there's space travel, I dove a little bit into my um, pilot dreams, aspirations, whatnot. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like a, are we allowed to curse?
0: Sure. Yeah, go for it. Go for okay.
1: it. Okay. I like a badass female protagonist. Um, and
0: oh, such a dirty mouth. <laughs> <laughs> you know, sure. <laughs> i'm waiting for like all right here we go let's go for it and it's like so, I'm a badass.
1: <laughs> i am one who i try to refrain from cursing um i i like a good curse word but if it's overdone in a manuscript i feel like it loses its punch so that's my only complaint i am completely open to reading curse words left and right but if it's every other page, we've lost the value of the curse words. So
0: I, I'm right. I'm right there with you because when Excelsior was first uh, self-published in 2010, it did have its fair share of curse words. You know, like kind of sprinkled in, with one f-bomb just dropped in, you know, like right near the end. And I wanted to like just say, I'm only going to use it once, and that's when I'm going to use it.
1: Yeah. And then,
0: uh, and then once the second edition was was uh, was getting ready to come out and i realized that uh, there were a lot of people that were that were teachers that wanted to introduce this to their students i went back through it and i took out every single curse word in there and just to, just to make absolutely sure that you know that there wasn't going to be anything worth complaining about so yeah i get i get i totally get it
1: <laughs> but yeah so that's i replace parts definitely has a badass female protagonist um and she has awesome female friends too. Um, and I definitely tried to focus on women working together and that mm-hmm. strength that see I feel like Metamorphosis has. You know, some people like to say that women are like fight and don't give along, but I tell you what, <laughs> they're wrong.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, every every you know, every person that uh, that I've encountered, you know, working, you know, with Metamorphosis has been great. So yeah, it's been uh it's you definitely have something you definitely have something strong with uh, with the connections that you made with the with the team that you have there so that's that's definitely a huge winning factor there
1: thank you yeah the so, team's amazing
0: oh yeah so <laughs> um so so what was so when you were writing this you feel like i i have something here that i can really that i can really send out to um i have something that's worth that's worth telling while you were working on it was it uh was it during like the first draft or you know in later drafts where you felt like there was it was actually becoming something really special what was uh what was that feeling like for you when you were actually sitting down and writing it
1: uh, so mine's more about the experience with the characters themselves um uh, mm-hmm. and they definitely pulled me one direction or another and I just kept over and over again, get, I w I was excited with the direction it was heading, you know, Mm -hmm. um, and surprised and shocked. And that's when I knew, okay, this is, um, I also had a lot, especially with the first book, I had a lot of feedback, um, from not even agents from metamorphosis, but just agents I've worked with or been at conferences with, uh, they gave me a lot of feedback too. Um, an executive editor with St. Martin's also gave me some feedback. Uh, oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. See, so I, I did use some poll with the connections I have, but just discussing the story. Don't,
0: do not apologize <laughs> for that. You know, like that's the, the way I see it. I'm not, not to get off on a tangent, but this is something that I have been really focusing on a lot myself uh, lately. And it's that, you know, like when you have, when you have a connection, you got to use it. You know, it's uh, there were there are so many different stories of people that if they didn't use the connection that they had, then nothing would have come to them. Just so happen, you know, like uh, Stan Stanley Lieber would not have become Stan Lee if he didn't reach out to Martin Goodman, who was the publisher of Timely Comics. He was he was a part of Stan's family by marriage. And so wow. he reached out to him and wound up like getting a job that uh, just like, a you know, little assistant job, but he wound up like working his way up into writing some stories and then becoming the editor and going from there. So that wouldn't have happened if he didn't reach out to his connection. So definitely don't apologize for that. You got those connections for a reason. So
1: yeah, no, that's amazing. I didn't know all those stories. And for Stan Lee, there is something to be said about starting at the bottom and working your way up. Um, Oh yeah. Because I feel like there are certain positions that sometimes people look up to um maybe within a publishing house or what have you but you could be in that one position for three to five years and not get the full picture you only kind of get your limited tunnel vision of what your responsibilities are and when you've worked from the bottom up and Mm -hmm. seen every aspect of production of the business i feel like for me personally, I feel like you get a better grasp of the entire picture, the whole picture
0: yeah, yeah, so with that in mind, in terms of the the whole picture, um, as an agent, first of all like i i would need I would need to ask this for my listeners are you is Metamorphosis currently accepting submissions at this time
1: so our submissions tab on the website, which is It's long, I apologize, but metamorphosisliteraryagency.com. There's a submissions tab, and there are multiple agents currently open looking for submissions. Um, All you have to do is click on their name, and it should uh, pull you to the site where you uh, can submit. Some of our agents have grown and or are just so busy that they are only open during certain time periods. Mm-hmm. to uh, unsolicited queries, but yeah, we're, we definitely are open. Um, we have some newer agents that are hungry and looking to grow their list. And so that they're, you know, some people worry that, oh, they're new, but I tell you they, you know, they have our guidance, all the senior agents give guidance and um, it's just as valuable of a position and query.
0: Fantastic. Fantastic. So what, uh, what particular genres are you looking for as an agent?
1: Oh, goodness. Um, you know, I am still looking for thrillers, but mm-hmm. I'll bring it up again. Although, Jenna, can you hear me? Okay, sorry. My daughter's down That's here, okay. but she has headphones on. So I was going to curse. but <laughs> like, <Okay. laughs> That same curse word I used earlier. I like thrillers with strong female protagonists. I'll just put strong instead of. Okay. Word
2: <laughs> <earlier>. <laughs> um, love it.
1: Yes, yes. And that's something that has been done a little bit, but a little bit, but it's still limited. I feel like there are certain genres that people almost expect and want a male author and or protagonist. And I just would like to see some strong women out there. So for me, that's what I'm looking for. Um, I also love, not just adult thrillers, but like YA mysteries. Um, mm. I feel like there's more to be told from those younger voices, uh, and that's about it right now. Maybe some, maybe a rom com, but it has to—it really has to make me laugh. So. <laughs>
0: gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. So, um, as an agent, have you noticed any sort of trends that are in the works right now that are starting to build? What do you see? Like, where do you see the whole industry going in the near future?
1: Um, I mean, right now I'm seeing an explosion uh, with Black Lives Matter. I feel, like, I feel like the publishing industry has been talking about becoming inclusive for years and perhaps there have been attempts, but there definitely was still a lot of friction and brick walls remaining. Um, not always that they knew about, but it just was there. And I feel like that is changing. And I, 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 it's just amazing. I love it. Um, we, uh, I mean, Jessica Rhino, one of our agents, just placed um, Ashley Coleman with Thirty Seven Ink, uh, part of Simon and Schuster, and so that was amazing. And that's something that I'm seeing right now. I feel like because the publishing industry has woken up to that need.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, I, did you see the publishing, publishing paid me hashtag on Twitter? Did you see? No, that? I
0: haven't, I haven't seen that.
1: So a lot of the um, big authors used that hashtag and shared what they received for in an advance. And there was definitely a disparity prevalent. Um, oh, could, wow. Yeah. You could see the dollar amount given to authors of a certain demographic versus the dollar amount given to author. Now, all that being said, there's so many details that could have caused that, that a right. tweet not going to cover. Um, so I, I don't want to point any fingers or anything like that because I feel like that, it's just like a survey. If you don't do a mm-hmm. survey correct, you can you can make it veer a certain direction, I feel like. And so if if you really have to take all facts into consideration before coming up with an opinion, I believe. Yeah. Uh,
0: yeah. <laughs> um, Absolutely. I get it. Yeah, I definitely get it. And uh, it's, it's amazing like what social media has basically just kind of done in terms of making everything so black or white and, or, you know, like, you know what, you know, this side or this side and there were, we're not like that, you know, like as, as humans, you know, like we are much more in the middle and with, with all, with a whole lot of different complicated things that are pulling us in one direction, one time; another direction, another time. So, yeah, it's it's pretty wild, like how everything is basically just has been, just really, just kind of like you're over here or you're over here. So that's that's something I've I've noticed as well. So um, just like what you said, you know, the the sort of uh, the sort of the questions that are given, to, like the the amount of information that you can give on Twitter is not is not you can't put a paragraph together. It's got to be just like this little snippet and that's all the information you have to work with so yeah
1: yeah and i i feel like on social media things can be taken out of context um and if you don't fully read an entire article it the first paragraph might sound it just it, it might not have the exact meaning of the entire article itself um well, yeah. plus I feel like so many things are put out there just to grab attention. But then when you dive in further, you find out that's not exactly what it was about. Um,
0: absolutely. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Uh, social media, there's negatives and positives with just about anything. And the same holds true with social media. So um, absolutely. yeah, no, I, I've seen the trend with that. I don't know if we're going to, you know, a lot of authors thought, should I send in my virus? you know my my (laughs) manuscripts that cover the virus you know which a lot of agents and publishers have said no but then again if you look at the sales data the numbers for the movies about viruses like what is oh i'm gonna blank on the names because that's why it's sometimes but um changing yeah yeah that i mean so many people watch that when Mm -hmm. coronavirus first came you know so it's it kind of makes you think that, well, you should pull that manuscript out that covers that. Um, Yeah.
0: Contagion, outbreak. Yeah. You know, like that's, yeah, definitely. Definitely. Yeah.
1: And that's, I feel like that's where self publishers kind of have um, it better than the traditional publishing house because a self published author could the wait period between, you know, writing and release, it can be, shouldn't always i mean i still feel like some self-published authors they don't go you must go through an entire editorial process get a graphic artist for the cover don't skimp on some of those things it won't be worth it but right but i'll get off that box <laughs> <Yeah>. But <laughs> I,
0: I am actually kind of curious to see like what uh what an agent's thoughts are regarding uh self-publishers because like this is This is a, I mean, this is a field that's really just kind of exploded in in the past 10 years. Uh, Once, as soon as Amazon came out with the Kindle, then all of a sudden it's like everything changed and everything, all the gatekeepers basically just, you know, so many of them just basically kind of stepped down or, you know, so many other, so many, so many other opportunities opened without the gatekeepers. So like, what are your, what are your thoughts on, on, on that, on that whole part of the industry? Do you feel like it's helped? Do you feel like it's hurt it?
1: Well, I'm definitely not anti-self-publishing. I think many people are very successful, if not just as successful as with major houses. Um, I feel like the audience is a little different. I feel like it tapped into perhaps a group of individuals that maybe um, aren't the same group of individuals that would purchase the 20, $25 hardback from a major house. Um, And I think that's, amazing i think we've also increased the amount of reading which that's just awesome yeah um, now i actually represent we represent some self-published authors they're um, new york mm-hmm. times best-selling self-published authors usa today best-selling authors amazon mm-hmm. best-selling authors um, but there still seems to be to try to get them into the traditional world there still still mm-hmm. seems to be a little bit of a difficulty and it's because the major houses believe that they have such a following that you know either they've already tapped into that following or it's a different demographic or perhaps um they they have tapped into the readers that like 99 cents a dollar 9.99 yep. 2.99 books whereas i don't know if you've seen a lot of the major houses price three books at 7.99 9.99 what have yep. you 1199
0: yeah some of them 14.99 it's it's pretty it's yeah it's it's really interesting the sort of uh, sort of prices that they go you know for for so, the, and that's more traditional ones.
1: That they, oh, go ahead sorry
0: <laughs> yeah that no that's, that, I was just finishing up so yeah it,
1: but that's it, it, so the major houses are afraid that they won't be able to sell th- the thousands of copies like that self-published author sold because when they price it up you know ten dollars higher those people won't might not still buy it um so there's still been a little bit of a hurdle even as an agent for me on that side but as far as subsidiary rights we've had no issues so as far as gaming apps and selling you know those rights and foreign and audio and film that has been amazing with the self-published authors
2: Hmm.
1: so it's again it's just um It, now things it's a, my data is a little bit dated but a couple of years back i was showing a third of self published authors had done everything right they had fully edited they had put together um with the graphic artist the you know an awesome cover they had done just about everything right and they were successful then there was mm. about a third of authors that self published that maybe they had some of those pieces but not all or mm. they had all those pieces but did no marketing or yeah. You know, just not the entire piece. And then there were probably about a third of self-published authors that they published, and really the manuscript—it wasn't ready. It has potential, but it was not ready.
0: Like and, they, like they, uh, they, they hit publish on December first, right after doing Nano So yes, yeah.
1: yes. Um, and I mean, I totally get it because that feeling when you finally finish a manuscript—you yes. know—it's amazing. Mm-hmm. Like you should pat yourself on in the back. You should, you know have, uh, you know, go out with some friends and celebrate or something, you know, well,
0: oh yeah, after yeah.
1: COVID, whatever. You know? Right,
0: <laughs> <laughs> gotta stress that now, yeah, yeah.
1: Yes, um, but it's not the time for it to see the light of day yet. You need to get that feedback. You need to have beta readers, critique partners, something, you know, you need to go through that entire process. We also, as agents, see a lot of queries um, December 1st, after NaNo. and.
2: Ah, uh, there you go.
1: It, yeah, it's when yep. you, you know, yeah, that just. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it just makes it difficult for us, because, especially if we see um, maybe someone with an established platform, and it, the story just—I know the story is going to sell, but that manuscript is not ready, you know. So, I mean, if it's good enough and close enough, then maybe you revise and resubmit, but you're not really signing anyone. Um, so yeah. Right. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll go, get off
0: that tangent. That's okay. That's, that's all right. This is, you know, this is uh part of the whole thing just to get your, your feedback on all these different things. So um, where can, uh, where can our listeners find you on social media, not to pitch to you, but at, um, to learn more about your books that are gonna, that are coming out.
1: Oh yeah. Um, there's my, um, Facebook author page, just author Stephanie Hansen. Um, mm-hmm. my Twitter is Hansen writer and Hansen is H A N S E N. My Instagram is also, uh, um, it's author Stephanie Hansen, but I think the actual, um, tag is Hansom writer.
2: Um, ah, okay.
1: but really, if you just go to author, that's my website, then you can connect to any of the social media. Uh, and I get so many messages that if you do try to pitch me, I'm probably not going to, it's going to get buried. So if you try to pitch yeah. via Facebook or
0: it's not going to happen
1: yeah. or Twitter, it, even, yeah, even my clients have tried reaching out to me that way. And it literally gets buried because I get, I get a lot of messages on social media. So yeah, if you're my client, call me, email me. If you're a potential client query via the submission guidelines.
0: Gotcha. Gotcha. I have extended this, uh, this invitation to, uh, to Amy before. And, uh, when I spoke with her, uh, I believe it was last year, uh, for the show. So I'm extending it to you as well. If I were to open the floor to questions from listeners, uh, would you be, uh, be willing to come back and answer them?
1: Yeah. Yeah, I could do that.
0: Excellent. Excellent um this has been uh, this has been a really really good co- really great conversation and i really hope that all of you out there have gotten just as me- just as much if not more than than i did uh definitely you know like if you are going to go this route to get an agent definitely make sure that you read the submission guidelines make sure you adhere to them make sure you are giving them what they are looking for and By all means, you know, treat them with respect. Treat them as though you are actually, you know, speaking to them in front, you know, sitting right in front of them and not just, you know, sitting at, at your keyboard. All of this you definitely need to keep in mind. And it's going to do nothing but benefit you in the future. So for Stephanie Hansen, this is George Soroy saying to all of you, ever upward. And I'll see you next week.